Matthew 6, verses 1 through 4, these are God's words. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will himself reward you openly. Amen. Thus ends this reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. Uh, Notice here that the Lord Jesus assumes that his people are going to do works of mercy. Uh, The word that's translated charitable deed and usually means uh, in that context uh, almsgiving, uh, where they had a subsistence life and people literally received at the end of their workday that which was necessary for them uh, to have food uh, that night. And then if you couldn't work, you didn't have the money. So almsgiving or or giving donations uh, to the poor, whether uh, directly or by way of the priests, was a big part of the works of mercy that they did. Uh, but they were uh, works of mercy. And of course, uh, those who are gods in Jesus Christ uh, are the ones that he has described already in verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. They are merciful because they have obtained mercy. God is the one who has counted Jesus, uh, their own righteousness. And so they've been uh, counted righteous before God. God has wiped out their sin by the sacrifice of Jesus uh, and joined them to Christ and given them this new life in union with Christ as children of their heavenly Father. And they are merciful. Uh, And so... Uh, not only should our righteousness exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees and the way that we understand and interpret and apply Scripture to our lives from the heart, uh, reading it in context and interpreting it, uh, not only from the local context, but by the rest of the Scripture, uh, our, um, our righteousness ought to exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees with the mercy, in the mercy of the works of mercy. Uh, that we do. And so we are to do charitable deeds. Someone who is not doing works of mercy, someone who is not on the lookout for ways to imitate Father, for ways to express the character of Christ to whom they are united uh, in the conduct of their lives, someone who is not doing those things uh, has good reason to wonder uh, whether or not he is actually converted. This is not, you should do works of mercy that you don't feel like doing and it doesn't occur to you to do in order that uh, by doing these works of mercies, you can show that you're a real Christian. No, it does show that you're a real Christian. Uh, But this uh, inclination to do it as an assumption of who you are in the Lord Jesus, uh, that is uh, what shows it. So there's uh, there's this assumption uh, on the Lord Jesus' part, that those who are his disciples are going to do charitable deeds, but they're going to do them differently uh, than the scribes and the Pharisees whom he calls hypocrites. And one of the reasons that he's going to do, they're going to do them differently is because Jesus wants them to be rewarded. Uh, now, you may have heard this idea that uh, believers should not desire 
reward from God. Uh, a big problem with that is Jesus desires for those who are his to be rewarded by God. That's the whole, that, that's at least in his presentation of it, uh, the whole problem with scribe and Pharisee works of mercy is that they don't get rewarded. So verse 1, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. And uh, our good works are uh, appointed to us by our Father in heaven. He's the one who picked the particular lampstand uh, that he would that he would put us on. <clears throat> so this language has begun already in verse 16. Uh, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Uh, he is the one who's planned where you will be uh, and what opportunities you will have for doing works of mercy. Uh, and as you discover those opportunities, those good works that he prepared beforehand for you to walk in them, he is glorified. When men see your good works, they might not like their good works, uh, or they might uh, see the good works and not even know that it was you who did them, as, uh, as uh, we will see here in the rest of our passage. Uh, whatever comes of it, it belongs to our Father in heaven. It is from our Father in heaven. It is for our Father in heaven. He himself is the great reward. And Christ himself is the great reward. There's this language of our Father in heaven that participates in the relationship that Jesus, even with respect to in his human nature, is aware with his human consciousness that he is enjoying and expressing the relationship that he has with God as the divine son and the one who has come to redeem us so that in the divine eternally begotten son, we might be the adopted children and we might enjoy the glory of, uh, of God, enjoy the glory of the father the way that the son does and enjoy the glory of the son in a way analogous to how the father does that Jesus, even on the night that he's betrayed before he goes to the garden and he prays with sweat, like great drops of blood, that if there was any other way to accomplish what he had just been praying for, that the cup would pass from him, but there was no other way. So he did go to the cross to accomplish what he had just been praying for. What had he been praying for? that those who are his, that the Father has given to him, would be with him to behold his glory, because the Father loved him before the world began. And so there is this delight in the Father and the Son and the Spirit that is bound up in this language of Father in heaven. And so, of course, Jesus wants his people to be rewarded. He wants them to be rewarded, not so much with the admiration of men, although praise God, we will all admire one another as having been conformed to Christ, uh, and uh, our union with Christ will be so obvious, and, and so we'll be so conscientiously aware of it, uh, that uh, in glory, as our hearts are full and ever enlarging towards God the Father and God the Son and God the Spirit, 
uh, we'll know each other and relate with one another and admire one another and appreciate one another uh, because the first thing that we will see and know about one another is that we are children of the Father and united to the Son and indwelt by the Spirit. And heaven will be this world of love, not in which we are forgetful of one another, but in which we will be mindful of Christ as we think of one another and relate uh, and relate to one another. And so there's rewards that way, and there's rewards in the new heaven and the new earth. Uh, but it'll be a new heaven and a new earth in which the knowledge of God fills everything. The knowledge of God covers it like the waters cover the sea, and in which righteousness fills it, the new heavens and the earth, new earth in which righteousness dwells. So there are these great rewards, even that are extensions of these tiny little pygmy rewards that people um, go after in their fleshly corrupted ideas of being rewarded with praise or being uh, rewarded uh, with treasure. But the great reward in each of those things that Christ is seeking for us is the triune God himself. And of course, he is the greatest reward and the greatness of all other rewards. And Jesus, knowing that, does not want us to do works that seem good, that seem merciful, while missing out on the reward. He has consecrated himself to die and to suffer the pains of hell, to get us that reward. And so this idea that Christians should not do good works with rewards in mind is utterly ignorant of what the reward is, or better put, who the reward is. And Christians should recognize and know who our reward is and do the good works for him in such a way that aims at him being our reward. Uh, and so uh, we should feel the logic of verse 1 in a way that drives us to avoid verse 2 and follow verses 3 and 4. The logic of verse 1, do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them, otherwise you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Don't do that, don't lose it, don't waste it. And since you don't want to do it that way, don't do what they do in verse 2, but follow what Jesus says to do in verses 3 through 4. These two-faced people, the word uh, hypocrite referring to the play actor coming from Greek drama, which was more Shakespearean than Shakespeare, you know, 1,500 or more, almost 2,000 years uh, ahead of Shakespeare. You know, we're so proud of ourselves in the English-speaking world. We have no idea that we were born yesterday and are very small in the history of civilizations. Uh, but from that comes this language of the hypocrite, of the two-faced guys. And maybe you've seen uh, the two masks that are uh, that are the picture that is the idea of uh, of the hypocrite. And they have um, one face towards man and one face towards God. Uh, you can't face both at the same time. Uh, you're either facing God with your good works or you're facing man with your good works. Whether it's literally sounding a trumpet, uh, which maybe, apparently, according to some commentaries, some people actually did, uh, but seems uh, rather to have been the most ridiculous possible instances 
Uh, like we have ridiculous instances of things that people do in our culture. They're called celebrities, actors and actresses and, uh, and sports people and billionaires who, who do things that uh, draw all kinds of uh, attention and monst and monstrosity and contorted form and then somehow think that that gives them a platform to instruct the rest of us about morality and politics and science and uh, we're just the most ludicrous society ever but perhaps there were a, a few people who did this in a monstrous way uh, but what he's saying is that if you are hoping that other people will notice what you do you are basically in the same spirit as the guy who has an attendant who runs in front of him and he's paying his trumpeter more than he's giving to the poor. Uh, and so his well-paid trumpeter goes in front of him as, uh, as he is going and he sounds the fanfare. And everybody looks, what's going to happen? And he puts his coins into the box now that everybody is, is looking at him. That's what you are like when you do something for someone else and you hope it gets around and you hope it gets noticed. That's the same spirit. And if you do it in that spirit, it's not actually a work of mercy. It's not like you're doing a work of mercy and Jesus sees, or the Father sees rather, in Jesus's illustration, the way he's talking to us here. It's not like you're doing a work of mercy and the father sees. And he says, oh, it was a work of mercy, but he didn't quite get it right. So I'm not going to reward him. No, if it was a real work of mercy, you would get the reward, which is God himself. What he's saying is that if we do it, hoping that it gets around, it's not an actual work of mercy. It's a work of self-service not other service. And so we've got a lot uh, to uh, to work on, a lot to look to, to God by his spirit from Christ to help us in in our hearts because we know how much we desire that others would see and find out about the good things that we do. But our Lord here is telling us that's not a real, that's not a real work of mercy. And so be careful about uh, the where and the how of what you do, uh, doing it out in the streets or right there in the middle of the assembly of the church, the synagogue in this case, where everyone's already gathered. So you have maximum possibility of, uh, of being noticed as you do it or overheard as you talk to someone about it. He says, no, 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 no. Watch the where and watch the how and watch the heart so that you will from from God in Christ by his spirit be doing real works of mercy as these blessed ones who have been saved by grace and changed to be different from the world as Jesus was making those points at the beginning of this sermon, at the beginning uh, of Matthew chapter 5. But how should we do it? When you do a charitable deed, do not know, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret. Praise God, we know what to do with our hands here. More evidence that you're not actually supposed to cut your physical hand off, but you are to cut off 
your fleshly hand. Because we are to offer our minds, our hearts, our mouths, every member of who we are as slaves unto God for righteousness. Uh, as Romans chapter 6 uh, teaches us and, and describes for us. Uh, and so my right hand now is God's right hand in Jesus Christ. And when I offer it unto God as a slave for for righteousness, I don't even hope or desire that my left hand would know what the right hand is doing. So I've got the the right hand good works and this, and I am hoping my right hand as it's anthropomorphized is hoping that God alone will see what it does because the right hand uh, is is a slave of God for the glory of God, enjoying God, serving God. And then when it comes the left hand's turn, the left hand is hoping the same thing. It's only for God. And you're, you're living this life in the secret place. You're living life from the heart. Yeah. People have apparently discovered that we're supposed to think. Uh, and uh, maybe 20 years ago or 30 years ago, the language that was popular was intentional living. Uh, and now the language that is popular is mindfulness. You know, we have, we have become this, this mentally comatose um, you know, enslaved population, whether uh, enslaved to all, all of the, the neurochemical stimuli manipulation that our, uh, that our culture runs on or controlled by our feelings. Well, don't just be a mindful person, but be a heartful person. To borrow the Calvin's wonderful life motto that really did come out of a thoughtful life of not just being uh, one of, still today, one of the great exegetes of God's word, uh, but a meditator upon God's word before God's face. And his life motto was, my heart I offer to you promptly, and sincerely, that in everything he did, he was offering himself, uh, offering himself through the right hand to God, offering himself through uh, the left hand to God, that we would live this life in the secret place with God, that our charitable deed would be in secret. Uh, and our father uh, receives a new name now. Uh, God has been calling him sorry, Jesus has been calling him our father in heaven. And now he gives him a new title in verse four, our father who sees in secret. And so we want uh, our charitable deeds, the great location center uh, of our charitable deeds will be the secret place of the heart that tries to find the uh, secret places and the least observable way to do our good deeds because we want it to be as secret as possible, not thinking so much about other people. I have to keep it from them, uh, and you can get a, you can get obsessive that way. But the secretness of it is aimed at the Father. He's the one who sees in secret. So I want to do it as much as possible, only for my Father, that it would be between me and between him, and he would be my reward, and the glory of Christ in me uh, would be uh, my reward unto him, that I had the privilege of honoring and pleasing my father for the glory of the son because of his pleasure in his son, as he sees what his son is producing in me by his spirit and his son's spirit, uh, who is now also 
uh, our Holy Spirit, the Spirit who dwells in us and and belongs to us as a seal unto the, the day of redemption. Uh, I want it to be as much as possible for my Father. And he is going to be my reward now, and he's going to be my reward forever. And his plan is to glorify his Son for all uh, the new creation to see that angels will praise uh, the Son forever and will praise the bride forever. Jesus was despised by men so that we could be praised by angels unto the glory of Jesus. Uh, critical text doesn't have the word openly in it. That's a sad loss by uh, an unbelieving way of approaching the preservation of the Greek New Testament, but the word openly uh, is important here because we don't want the praise to remain secret. Because if God is our reward and if God, Christ's glory in us is our reward, we are looking forward to the day when that which has been in secret and we begin to enjoy the reward now. But the greatest enjoyment of it is in the last day when all of God's plan of redemption is finished and the open and public infinite glory of God in Christ is displayed and we are participating in that and enjoying that. And so there is that heavenward focus of our heart as we do our good works, but there's also that forward to the last day, to glory, to forever focus of our hearts as we do our good works. And both of them liberate us from the uh, the tiny, by comparison, shriveled, cheap, momentary reward of being noticed by others. Uh, how pathetic the flesh is. And uh, when we see the greatness and the solidness and the brilliance of what Jesus wants for us, uh, it is a mechanism of his to deliver us uh, from the cheap and tawdry stuff that our hearts would desire instead. So may the Holy Spirit help us uh, to have this view of our Father, to have this view of the works that we do, to have this desire for the true uh, and currently secret but everlastingly open uh, reward. Let's ask him to help us. Our gracious God and our Heavenly Father, we pray for faith that we would have evidence and substance of things that are not yet and not visible to our senses. You know our weakness, how pathetically difficult it is for us to lay hold of that which is spiritual and that which is future and that which is eternal, even though we know that it is of greater and truer substance. So help us by your Spirit. Give us the mind of Christ. Be our reward. Show us your glory uh, that we might love you who have loved us, that we might love your glory and desire the outcome of all of the work, all of your work of redemption, even as our Lord Jesus so desired it and prayed for it and went to the cross for it. Uh, grant to us uh, then to have this life that is lived in fellowship with you and towards you and offered to you. Grant that our right hands would have their right part in this life, and our left hands, and so forth. 
uh, and help us as you make us more and more like Christ until in the last day you have conformed us to his image and he is the firstborn among many brethren. Oh, grant it, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.